This is the Top Entrepreneurs Podcast, where founders share how they started their companies and got filthy rich or crash and burn. Each episode features revenue numbers, customer counts, and other insider information that creates business news headlines. We went from a couple of hundred thousand dollars to 2.7 million. I had no money when I started the company. It was $160 million, which is the size of many IPOs. We're bootstrapped. We have like 22,000 customers. With over 5 million downloads in a very short amount of time, major outlets like Inc. are calling us the fastest growing business show on iTunes. I'm your host, Nathan Latka, and here's today's episode. Hello, everyone. My guest today is George Gallegos. He is the founder and CEO of a company called Jitterbit. And uh, what they're, really what Jitterbit is, is an integration platform as a service. He was the founding member of C3 prior to Jitterbit, a Tom Siebel venture focused on energy and carbon management. He was also vice president of worldwide sales at Cast Iron Systems, leading global field operations for the integration appliance vendor prior to his acquisition by IBM. George, are you ready to take us to the top? Yes, sir. Right, nice ha- to speak with you. Of course. How do you go from cast iron systems to, to platform as a service? Uh, you know, they're similar. Uh, similar markets. And I was fortunate, uh, like many people in their careers, to have met some wonderful entrepreneurs, uh, Sharm Sassan, Ori Sassan, who had founded Jitterbit. They knew that I knew the market from cast iron. They had worked with me in the past at Scopa Systems. And they asked me to come over and essentially take Sharm's job as CEO and scale the business. So I misspoke. You're not the founder, but you came in as CEO. I came in. There were five employees in the company. They had a few customers and uh, and uh, they asked me to come in and help scale the business. Okay. So tell us what Jitterbit does and what's the revenue model? How do you make money? So uh, you're right. Integration platform as a service. The space that Gartner uh, says is, is uh, going to take over the world when it comes to integration. And, um, and all companies, the large ones that have invested in old technologies like Tibco and other you know, uh, legacy technologies we're familiar with, they are um, hedging their bets on an agile cloud approach to connecting all of their digital assets. They're going through these transformations and they need to connect all these different digital assets together. And we're facilitating that with uh, an iPaaS platform. And this is, so is this, I mean, like, can we think Zapier, segment.io kind of space? Zapier tends to focus on more simplistic uh, types of challenges, perhaps in the consumer world, uh, you'll see. We tend to focus on bigger business processes that uh, are found in larger, uh, larger companies. Okay, so we, can we say enterprise version of Zapier? You could, you could, if you like, I, I would probably have uh, associated closer with a company like MuleSoft who went public just this year. Uh, we're very similar to uh, uh, what MuleSoft does, uh, but we're more, uh, more, more cloudy, if yep. you will, than say MuleSoft. And, and what's your revenue model? How do you make money? Are you pure SaaS? It is pure SaaS. Uh, we sell an annual subscription and all of our customers pay the annual subscription. We have to earn their right to uh, get the renewal the following year. Yep. And just give us an average. What's the average customer pay per year, would you say? I would say the average is uh, in the 50000 per year range, which is why we're not similar to a Zapier, yeah. but similar to a Mule. Yep. Okay. Makes good sense. Now, give us some of the backstory here. So when was the company launched and then what year did you come in? Uh, the company was launched in mid, uh, I guess it was 2005, 
um, and mostly building the product. Started as open source and had built the product and spent most of the early four years uh, building the technology. Uh, when I came in in 2011, uh, they had had a few customers, but it was really time to build the channel, the marketing uh, organization, uh, the go-to-market activity, service organization. So we had to basically build the company from scratch at that point but with the product that was in place. And then we did re-architect the product for the cloud. We saw that the cloud was taking off and um, we, we re-architected it at that time, moving from open source to cloud. And just to be clear again, what year did you join? Uh, 2011. So call, call it six years after launch or so. Now, was the company bootstrapped at that point or the, had they raised capital? 100%. Yep. It was bootstrapped and we continued to operate with our own uh, proceeds and our own funding. And then Salesforce.com was the first strategic investor, followed by Autodesk. And then uh, last year I, I brought in uh, KKR, the growth side, the technology growth fund of KKR. Yep. So in total, how much have you raised now to date? 25 million. Okay. Now, are you, are you actively still deploying that capital or kind of sitting on it? In other words, are you cash flow positive or are you burning cash? No, we're burning by design. We're growing the business. I mean, the market is growing at a very high pace, 50, 60%, depending on who you ask. And we're growing at 70 to 80%. You're talking uh, about revenue year over year? That's correct. That's correct. So, um, so we're still burning, but we've got two years of cash in the bank. And, and our plan is to be cash flow positive and in a position to do an IPO at that time. Yep. When you say two years of cash in the bank, does that mean if the business stays like it is today and your expenses stay the same and revenue stays the same, you can afford to pay everyone and do everything for two years? That's correct. That's great. That's correct. It's a good place. It's a good place to be. And what's the team size today? We're just shy of 200 folks uh, okay. scattered around the world, headquartered here in Alameda. And um, we Where's have Alameda? offices in, uh, right between San Francisco and Oakland, a, a great little island that has uh, got a suburban feel to it. Okay, very cool. So California and where else? Uh, we've got offices around the U.S., uh, London, Amsterdam, uh, even uh, in Asia and Australia. And so take me, now that we understand kind of the team size, the, the capital obviously behind the business, the kinds of customers you're serving, get, get me in your head. One, how does it, for founders listening right now that are trying to replace themselves and bring in a guy, right, like George, how do they convince you to join their team? Yeah, that's a great question. Because uh, there were three things that took place when they called me. Ori Sasan and Sharm Sasan, four brothers, terrific entrepreneurs, have started 20 companies. Um, when they were 30, they started Scopus, took it public and sold it to Siebel Systems and built many companies since then. There were three things that I looked at. One was the market. Two key companies had just got bought, and that was Dell Boomi, or Boomi, who got bought by Dell, and Cast Iron, who got bought by IBM. So I knew the top you know, guys had just been taken out. I knew the investors, which is very key. They trusted me. I trusted them. And I knew the market. And I saw a great opportunity and a, and a big vacuum that could be taken advantage of. So I jumped in. You know, It was a small company. Call it a fixer-upper at the time. And uh, it was just time to scale. And it was a, it was a great opportunity as a first-time CEO. Yeah. How many customers did they have when you joined? And what have you grown that to today? We, they probably had 50 customers when I joined. We have over 1,000 uh, paying customers, but 50,000 users on our platform. Okay. And, and th so I guess is there a freemium plan or how can people use you without paying? Yeah. 
Yes, uh, there is a premium plan. We have trials as well, but we have about 50,000 customers in the Salesforce ecosystem. And the goal there was lead generation, get our brand name out, let people get to know us, give them 10% of the value for free, uh, move big amounts of data in and out of Salesforce into flat files, databases, for example, and um, and then uh, entice them with our premium features for a fee, for an annual fee. And uh, we drive business every quarter because of that premium model. Okay, Top Tribe, many of you ask me all the time, how did I get my website up so fast, so quickly, and why is it doing so well? The answer is simple. I use HostGator.com to keep the thing cranking along. They've got a 45-day money-back guarantee, which is great. I used their free website builder to get the site up because it's ideal for WordPress. It's just what I use. They've got 4,500 templates and a free e-commerce plugin as well and 24-7 support, which we love, right? We love that. I bug the hell out of them. They always get back to me. So I've got you 30% off along with $100 in free AdWords credit. To grab it, just go to hostgator.com forward slash Nathan, but you got to do it now. Again, hostgator.com forward slash Nathan. 1,000 people paying an average contract value of 50 grand puts your AR somewhere around 50 million. Is that generally accurate? We're, we're still shy of 50 million, but yeah, we're in, we're, that's where we're, we're, we're on track. Can we put a bottom on that and say you're between 45 and 50? Is that fair? Uh, that'd 40? probably be still less. Yeah. 40 and 50. 40 and 50. Okay, good. Yeah. And do you, so is a plan, I guess, in maybe 2018, you think you'll break the 50 million mark? We do believe. Yep. Yeah. 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 If you're content this, when you wrap out 2016, you're still on that 70% year over year revenue growth. That's correct. Yeah. Very correct. good stuff. Tell me more about uh, customer acquisition. So how are you qu- acquiring customers? So we do a lot of marketing. Uh, next week's a big event, Dreamforce. We'll go to Dreamforce. We host a booth. We host uh, executive suites. We'll probably come out of Dreamforce having spoken with 20,000, 30,000 different people. I mean, it's a massive event. That's an example of a trade show that we go to. And we do many trade shows in different ecosystems, Microsoft, SAP, et cetera. Um, the other thing we do is we do we host webinars. So we will uh, host probably 60 webinars in a year to invite our database of 200,000 people to uh, come and, and hear different topics on how we help with their digital transformations, connectivity, API management, et cetera. Um, so it's a lot of outbound marketing and the majority of our sales folks are taking inbound calls. We don't do a lot of outbound selling uh, activity other than our sales development reps will um, we'll do some of that. But most of it is driven by uh, both marketing and partnerships. Of the 200 people on your team, how many of them are SDRs? Probably 20 or so. And what ratio do you have between your SDRs and your closers, your account executives? It's about a one-to-one ratio. Oh, wow. Okay. Interesting. Interesting. All right. So most of your stuff is inbound. How are people finding you though? If you're not, if you're not doing any paid stuff and it's all just inbound, is it content or what? Uh, well, we do do quite a bit of digital. In fact, we've been ramping up digital marketing in the last uh, year or so. So um, when you say not a lot of paid, we actually do spend a lot of money, obviously. Both how on the how much? Like last month, would you say? Uh, boy, I don't know. We got a couple million dollar marketing budget to do different events and, and marketing. We, we don't do lavish parties, except yeah. perhaps a dream for us. Monthly uh, though or annually? that, bu- or Sorry, monthly or annually for that budget? Annual. Annually. Annual. Okay. So call maybe 100, 200 grand a month, something like that, and paid spend. Yeah. 
Yeah. Um, okay, that makes good sense. And then what about churns? Obviously, this is critical in a business like a SaaS business. What do you guys have in terms of churn? It is. So we have good churn compared to our peers in the SaaS world, about on an annual basis, about 10% churn. And our Logo or revenue? Both. They're pretty similar. Pretty similar. And um, I would say our net retention is somewhere around 105% and improving. We've been improving that over the last year. How do you measure that? Everyone kind of does it differently. Uh, well, net retention is just um, churn, you know, your, your uh, expansion um, uh, over, over churn, you know. So if we have 10% churn and I've got 15% expansion, uh, within that base, uh, I've got a 105% net retention. Yep. And what are you spending to acquire these customers typically? Spending like CAC, CAC wise, fully weighted. Oh, um, boy, uh, putting on the spot. We're, we're, yeah, we're seeing a return in, in, uh, you know, under two years, which is good. Okay. So know? is it fair to say with a $50,000 average ACV, you're spending less than a hundred grand to acquire them? That hundred percent. Absolutely. And how do you, how do you, how do you build confidence? You know, lifetime value is always kind of put your finger in the wind and see what happens. How do you build confidence in your LTV to get comfortable spending two years of revenue on acquisition? Yeah. So, um, first of all, uh, uh, the, you know, the, we have a very deep engagement with the customers. In fact, I spent the last three weeks out, out visiting both clients and, uh, and prospects. Um, we have a deep customer success program that engages you know, onboarding to frequent calls. So we have a very close relationship, which leads to, you know, uh, a productive um, churn and net retention. Um, so we know, I mean, I've got customers that have been with us over 10 years. So we know, um, we know the value. We have deep relationships and, uh, and um, you know, we, we continue to satisfy them. And we're known for that. If you talk to Gartner G2 crowd, they'll tell you Jitterbit is known for keeping its customers happy. So do you generally kind of assume a lifetime value of 400, 500 grand? I mean, what do you assume it, put it at? Uh, 10 years. 10 years. Okay. 10 yep. years. Got it. And obviously you're driving expansion revenue year over year. That person that pays you 50 grand on average in year one, what does that typically expand to in year two? You know, some customers have quadrupled their spend, but I'd say on average, uh, doubling of spend is, is fairly typical with some of the clients that have the ability to grow. Got it. And what, you know, everyone has different metrics that allow them to drive expansion revenue. Sometimes it's seats, sometimes it's additional products, sometimes it's a usage metric. What are your core lever points for that? Yeah, key lever points are a a company may start with a small set of systems. You know, I'm integrating my CRM and ERP and e-commerce, and they'll say, I got to have data shared between all these systems. That's my digital transformation. But over time, you know, there's there's 50 other systems within that business that they need connected together and sharing data. They want that complete view of of their customer. So uh, different endpoint, you know, endpoints that we connect together is one metric. Uh, API management, new set of capabilities that we delivered over a year ago. Um, that's for companies that want to create their own custom APIs and host them, kind of like what you see from companies like Apigee or Layer 7. Uh, that's an additional set of capabilities. But I would say the growth of, um, of systems they connect and new capabilities we bring to market are, are two of the key metrics. Makes good sense. Last question here before we wrap up with the famous five. Do you remember December 2015, what your AR run rate was? 
Well, uh, you take uh, you take eighty percent growth, you know, from today. You know, you're probably talking somewhere in the twenty thirty million range. Okay, and do you remember what you grew that to in twenty sixteen December? Uh, actually, we were a little bit faster growth rate at that time. So, um, you know, twenty, you know, oh, twenty sixteen. Yes. Well, you said twenty fifteen was probably around twenty twenty five million. What did you grow that to twelve months later in December twenty sixteen? Yeah, I would say it was, um, it was, uh, call it 80% growth on that, whatever that is. Okay. So we'll call it, you know, between 20, you know, 30 ish. And then you think you'll get over obviously cross 43, 44 ish this year, right? Yep. Yep. Good, good, good growth. IPO in 2019, right? Yes. Steak dinners from Nathan, this little guy that interviewed you five years ago, right? That's right. (laughs) All right, George, let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, what's your favorite business book? Ooh, you know, uh, I, I, uh, I like uh, biographies, uh, but I would say the best one I've read recently is uh, hard thing about hard, the hard thing about hard things, Ben Horowitz, some great lessons in that book. Um, but I, I like, I like the Elon Musk book, uh, Steve jobs. I like to read about some of the guys that have done great things. Number two, is there a CEO you're following or studying right now? No one that I'm following or studying um, from these books. I learn a lot about Elon Musk, Steve Jobs. I work closely with Tom Siebel. Um, you know, I learned a lot uh, from Larry Ellison, and we have co- close partnership with Salesforce. So a lot of Mark Benioff's great marketing wizardry. I, I love to see even my old CEO. I used to work with a cast iron, Ken Comey. I've learned a lot from him. So I take a little bit from each one and sometimes what not to do yep. from working uh, close with some of these CEOs. If Larry comes from, from, uh, Oracle and writes you a $500 million check to buy the company, do you sell? No, we, at this point, we've got a big, um, a, uh, a big growth opportunity and an opportunity to, to achieve an IPO. So that's the path our investors like to see us on. Number three, what's your favorite, besides your own, what's your favorite online tool? I, I actually don't have a favorite. I use a lot and they always start with Google. I go to Google and where is this, uh, where is this tool? So I'd have to say Google. I always go to Google and figure out where I'm going from there. Number four, how many hours of sleep to get every night? Uh, six hours is fairly typical. I can get by on three. I pulled some all nighters, but, uh, but I'd say six is where I feel like fully rested. And what's the situation, George married, single, you have kids. I'm married with four kids. Wow. And how old are you? I'm 52. All right. Last question. Take us home. Take us back 32 years. What do you wish your 20 year old self knew? Hmm. Good question. Um, you know, I think I've actually lived by my own uh, advice I would give myself, which is uh, stay positive, um, network, and, and don't sweat, you know, the small stuff. Don't stress over little things. Uh, there's always challenges. And that's actually what you see in the book, Hard Thing About Hard Things. Always challenges. Just uh, work through them. There you guys have it from George. His company, Jitterbit, launched in 2005 by four very talented brothers. They brought him in six years later in 2011. The company's now raised over $25 million, serving over 1,000 customers in, an, in a very enterprise version of Zapier, really more like MuleSoft, to be quite honest, growing almost 80% year-over-year in terms of revenue, should break 43 44-ish million in ARR this year, healthy retention annually uh, or churn at just 10%. $100,000 CAC payback period always under two years again growing quickly with their off with their team of 200 people with offices in california and elsewhere throughout the world george thank you for taking us to the top you're welcome thank you for your time